I was speaking the other day at a conference, and um, there's a whole bunch of leaders, and, and the guy came up and said, Bill, listen, um, man, we're excited about you being here. We've been waiting for the you know, last couple months and all that. And he said, so, uh, you know, you got two sessions. You got one now, and then we're going to take a little 15-minute break. You got another one. I didn't know that. I, I'd prepared for one and not two. And, uh, and so uh, then he walked off, and as soon as he walked off, they said, you're up in five. And so I'm thinking, I'm up in five, and i got to get two messages when I already got one I really worked on. And so I said, well, good news is this. I have 7,000 of my personal messages on something called Evernote. So I said, this will be easy. I pulled my phone. I turned. I said, i got 7,000 leadership lessons. Surely I'll have one that will be right for this crowd. But I was in an area where I couldn't get Internet service or Evernote. So now I'm standing here with nothing but my little notepad and uh, my one lesson, and I've got all these eager people with their notepads and leaders that have come all over the country, and they're all ready. And, and I'm thinking, man, what in the world am I going to do in a minute? And I looked, and I had one, one piece of paper, a little yellow piece of paper that I had. On an airplane flight, I had written this lesson, just started writing it and writing it. And by the time I landed, I had it. And I tucked it and stuck it in my folder. So I'm sitting there, and I said, good, what am I going to do? And I opened up the folder and started looking, and there was that. And I said, that's all I got to work with. You know, if you got a hammer, that's all, what are you going to do? So I got up and spoke on a message called Leading on Empty. And the whole room just about responded, well, that's exactly what I needed. And I, I was there, didn't even know I was there. And so I came away from there and said, okay, apparently a lot of people are right there. I felt like it was one of these God moments where he gave you what you needed when you needed it. And so I'm going to take that and share that with you today. Kind of the same thing. This time I prepared it, though, better than having just looked at it and said, uh-oh, I got five minutes. But I want to talk to you about leading on empty, because some of you, you're so good at leading and you're working so hard, and you'll find yourself sometimes exhausted and don't even know why, and sometimes you'll find yourself saying, I've just got to power through and press on no matter what, and so I, I want to talk to you for just a little bit about how you do that. I meet a lot of leaders like that and what they're doing, and by the way, keep eating while you're here, okay? Just keep eating if you need to. I, I look at, saw somebody just push their plate away. Uh, we, we want you to have lunch as well. But I meet a lot of leaders who are attending too many meetings, too many appointments, involved in too many causes, and they're busy, very, very busy, but they're making a marginal impact. I spoke with a man this morning. He said, Bill, how are you enjoying retirement? I said, I'm loving it. He said, really? I said, yeah, get to do what I want to do, and, and I'm at a place now where, where you don't have a lot of worries and, and it was sad because he said, I got to tell you something. And he was very successful in one area of his life. And he said, I got to tell you something. He said, I wasn't prepared for it. He said, I'm here now. I didn't have the money set aside. I didn't have the plan set aside. He said, it was a lot better off when I was 30 and I had a dream than it is where I am now at 65. He said, it's just a lot harder because I didn't do the things then that I should have done. And now I'm here saying, I don't have the years of the health, but I don't, I don't have what I want to have or need to have. And so I think a lot of times we've spent too much time pouring investments and time and effort and energy into things that really won't matter. And I want to help you to learn how to, how to work smarter, you know, instead of harder, because uh, you're going to work hard, but how to work smart. Your perspective on emptiness is one of the things we need to know from time to time. Every leader is going to get dry at times. It doesn't mean things wrong with you, but if you're giving out, you're going to find yourself sometimes just totally dry. Every leader gets there sometime. You just need that break. In the Bible, you've got two characters. You've got David, who while he killed giants and ran kingdoms, 
he would write psalms and say, why art thou uh, cast down, O my soul? And, and uh, he, he was depressed. Uh, mental depression, by the way, is a real legitimate issue. Uh, we hear a lot about it, and people think it's, you know, they write it off. No, it's true. And a lot of it comes because they're leading on empty. There's another Bible character. His name is Elijah. Elijah led on empty and found himself wanting to take his own life. In fact, what he'd done was one time after a great big victory where he proved that his God was God and, and everybody was watching, he exhausted himself with his passion. Then he gets alone and he's ready to die. And there's, a, there's one woman named Jezebel says, I'm going to kill him. And that threatens him and he runs. And then Elijah writes these words. He said, oh, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. Now, what he's saying is he's showing us a lot of times your greatest depression or emptiness comes after a big, a big victory. You know, you, everything's good. You work real hard. And then when it's over, you just, you're just dead. You're just numb. And you're exhausted and you're spent. And so there's certain things that, that can move us in that direction. We want to watch those. Uh, I think for hardworking people, emptiness is an occupational hazard. I think it's going to always be there. I don't think you'll always be full if you're a hardworking, committed, devoted person. You're going to need times where you just get the break, where you just have to recoup. And, and that's what you do because, and there's a reason, you're constantly giving out. And if you're always giving out, there comes a time it hits you if you don't pull in. So let me give you eight signs real quick of, of emptiness, all right? And they may have them on the screen for you. Here they are. Number one, giving out more than taking in. When you're giving out more than taking in, it's going to be real easy one day to hit the dryness. And, and we don't realize because we're always giving out. Now, how do we take in? Well, there are little ways I do. I, I take a book almost everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I've got a book. I learned it years ago from my wife and I. When we first got married, we'd go shopping. You notice that in these malls, if you're going to buy a dress, they had no place for a man to sit. And so I just would take a book, and I'd find me a place to sit. And I'm always trying to read. If you're in a car, I don't listen to music much. I listen to podcasts or leadership stuff. Because if you're going to be giving out all the time, you've got to find a way to keep it coming in. And that's one of the big things. Another sign is no planned rest. If you don't have any planned times to rest you may think, well, I'll catch it. I'll get it. But you need the plan. This is the day I'm probably going to do nothing, or this is the day I'm going to take off. This is the day I'm just going to catch my breath. But there's got to be a set time that your body gets to take in some rest. Number three, and here's one that I do often, and you probably do, working out of your strength zone. So you're good in some areas, but there's some areas you just dread doing, isn't it? I mean, I, don't, I can't do details. I hate details. I can't, if, if we want to go on a trip, I guess I'll do the good part. I'll pay for it, okay? But don't let me plan it because I hate planning. I don't want to get on a phone with somebody to deal with. I don't want to get on a computer to deal with. I, and if I plan it, what for me, what for anybody else would take 10 minutes will take three hours, you know, and something's going to break, okay? And so uh, that's not my strength zone. I'm not good in that. And... and and sometimes, even in the city, sometimes the city councilors, some city people sometimes say, Bill, will you come down and do this because you're a good speaker? And I would say, listen, I'm a good speaker about something I feel passionate about, but I may not feel the passion. And, and if you've got a project that you want done and you want somebody to sell it, get somebody who feels passionate about it instead of me. 
The things I feel passionate about, I can speak to, but the things I don't feel passionate about, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't buy it. When I first became, you know, when I first uh, teenage boy, remember I went up down the street to earn some money. I knocked on doors selling shampoo. And uh, you could buy a kit for a dollar, and you could sell it. And, and so I was like 13 years old. I walked up down the street knocking on the door. And I'd say, you don't want to buy no shampoo, do you? And they would say, no. I'd say, okay. And I'd go to the next door. My neighbor one day said, Bill, let me teach you how to do it. Knock on my door, and I told him. He said, there's your problem. <laughs> he said, start off and saying, I got your answer. I got what you're looking for. And so that wasn't my strength zone. If you're not called or gifted in a certain area, and you're working in that area, it drains you instead of fulfills you. And if you do it too long, it really is hard on you. Number four is a, a calendar out of control. Now, this is one of those things that you may not realize, but there's a, there's a question, a simple thing I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you in a moment, but I'll tell you now. When your calendar is out of control, it guides you and drives you, and it may be trivial stuff you're doing that you don't want to do. And here's the big question. We always say, will my calendar be full? That is not the question. The question is never, will my calendar be full? The question is, what or who will fill my calendar? Because something or someone will. And if you look down and got a blank date, guess what? Somebody will get it. And it may not be for something you really need to do, but it'll get you time. Here's a secret. When Debbie and I would take our calendar, what we'd do is at the beginning of the year, about November each year, we would take it, we'd open it up, and we'd mark an X through all the days that were our days. You know, obviously birthdays and all that, but we'd mark X's. We may not even have the plan yet, but we mark that off for us. So that if somebody called and said, can, I, can you do so-and-so? I'd say, I'd love to, but I got plans. Because if you don't feel it, guess what? You could go a whole year and never be able to get the kind of rest you needed or time alone. So fill your calendar. Control your calendar or it will control you. And, and by the way, time management, that's what we call it. Time management is just about managing your time, managing yourself. You manage yourself, you can generally do that. Number five, another, another one along the, uh, of the sign, is when your priorities are not in alignment. When you're doing everything you ought to do, but, but it's not the priorities, you, you know, your you best stuff you're doing last. Another is when you feel guilty all the time. How do I know I'm burned out? It's when I'm saying, I'm never... I never feel at peace that I got it all done. I just always feel guilty. I missed this, missed that, didn't do that. Or another is never, never caught up. You feel behind all the time. You just think no matter what I'm doing, whew, I just done that, but there's something in front of you. I can tell right now, some of you say, man, I'm empty and didn't even know it. <laughs> and, so, and, and then another is when you're overwhelmed and you're too tired to sort it out. You ever been so overwhelmed that you just say, I don't even want to figure it out, okay? It's just so much. I'm just going to keep scratching that. And so a lot of us, we lead on empty, and, and we have to learn that if we can recognize that, we can change that, and then we can lead a lot better, more refreshed. I'll give you four conditions that empty it real quick. One of them is this, physical exhaustion. Um, we understand that our mind affects our body. That, you know, we know that. Uh, but our body also affects our mind. Our body, if it's not getting enough rest and physical exercise or movement, it doesn't take much to make you tired. That's why, here's the good news. If you need to get involved in some kind of workout, good night. We got athletic gym people on every row up here in the front just about. So just walk up to somebody and say, sign me up. They'll get you, they'll get you exercising. They'll get you running. They'll get you biking, swimming. What are you going to do? But you, your answers are right there, but you got to do some kind of movement. Physical exhaustion 
is one of the ways. In fact, that's what Elijah did. Elijah was physically exhausted and sat down and said, God, I'm, you know, I just take my life. You know what God did to him? He didn't say, poor old Elijah, or okay, Elijah, your time's done, or Elijah, you're just so weak, you can't handle anything. God didn't berate him, didn't belittle him. He put him to sleep, and he fed him. And basically, he was just saying, I want to give you body rest, because if I get your body rest, I can get your emotional state better. Uh, the second way, that uh, a condition that will empty you. We said the first physical exhaustion. Second is when your output exceeds spiritual intake. Now, what I mean by that is this. If I'm working real hard, but I'm not taking something in for my soul, it don't matter what I accomplish, I'm still going to be empty. There comes a time you've got to feed your soul. You're made up of three parts. You're a trichotomy. You're not just body and, and, uh, and, and, and you know, spirit or your body and soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Your body, soul, and spirit. You're a triunity. You're, you've got three. And if you don't feed your soul, you're going to be like an eight-cylinder car running on six cylinders. So you, what you have to do to feed your soul is take the time and think about the eternal things. Think about God. Feed it on the Bible. Feed it on prayer. But feed your soul. If, if you take your soul and fill it and treat it right, it'll help you through the other things in life to endure. But if you don't feed your soul, no matter how healthy you are, you collapse. And when it's empty, what happens is every other area of your life will be affected. Uh, you can, if, if you... If you're not feeding your soul, you're less patient. You're more irritable. You know, you're quicker to, to just react to something. And there's something different about, about feeding the soul. So that's one of the main things. Uh, another is this, uh, constant battling. Some of you in jobs, I wouldn't want to have this kind of job, the complaint department. You ever, could you imagine, who would want that job? I'd like to have a job where I can hear people gripe all day. Give me that job, and I, I just don't know that I can handle that. I'm not emotionally equipped to do that, you know? and, uh, and yet, if you're in a job where you're constantly having to put out fires or fix broken people or push people to do their job or respond to critics or listen to complaints or pursue your goals that are driving you, soon you are drained. Soon your problems get bigger, and you're like, Elijah, I'm done, and then here's another one when you have wrong relationships in your life. Did you know that, that one of the quickest ways to get empty is to have the wrong people in your life? All of us don't need, there, there's, some people, there's some people that don't need to be in your life. And here's a secret too. Those closest to you determine your level of success. If you don't know how far you're going to go, I always say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Uh, if I want to know how far I go, who am I hanging with? I uh, had a guy a while back that came, he was in our office and he was speaking and he had been a, he had been an associate, his name was Chris Brown and Chris had been the right hand to Dave Ramsey. And so Chris was telling me some of the latest studies that the Dave Ramsey people do. He said, did you know that in your income in life is going to be within the range, just a, a short distance of, among the top five people you hang out with? He said, if they're making 20,000 a year and you're hanging around with people making 20,000 a year, guess what? You'll probably make about fifteen to 20000 a year. If they make $100,000, you will probably make seventy to eighty. If they make a million, you're doing good. And, and he said, those are facts. Those are, not, those are not, you know, hypothesis. Those are facts. And after he said that, and they were about to put that in their print, I said, Chris, there's got to be a science behind it. What is the science? I couldn't believe when he told me. I said, right in front of me all along. 
He said, Bill, the science is this. Whoever you associate with, you'll make decisions like they make. You'll think like they make. You'll respond like they do. So if you're hanging out with people that are thinking bigger, investing bigger, making wiser choices, it just kind of grows. You catch it. It's more caught than taught. And it made sense. It's true. If I hang out with some of you folks that are working out today, I'm going to go home and want to eat right and work out for about a day. And uh, then, then I got to hang out with you again tomorrow. You know? Whoever you're hanging out with, you're going to pick up from them. You know? And so the wrong relationships, the voice in your ear ought to be working for you. If that voice in your ear is negative, it's pessimistic, if that voice... See, the choices you make in life usually are determined by the voices you've heard. You know, whatever voices are in your life are usually what we're going to do. And so you want to make sure I don't waste my life or believe the wrong things or in the wrong area. Now, here's, here's the cure for running on empty. Okay, let me give it to you. One is spending time in prayer. That's why David says, be still my soul. Dream again. There's another. Dream. Nothing wrong with dreaming. When he, we had a lady that did her funeral about three years ago. Um, she was 103 years old, and her mind was sharp. She'd already outlived two husbands. One of the greatest ladies in our church. And I, I remember one day I just spent about two hours. I said, I just want to go over there and spend some time with her and learn and listen. Who's the first president? What would you learn? What was life like? And, and I, just, I just got all I could before she went. But I remember one of the things she said in the conversation. At that time, she was 96. She said, oh, Brother Bill, let me tell you this. I got a 10-year plan. Here's what I'm doing. And she's telling me what her plans are. And I'm thinking, you're 96 years old. <laughs> That's 106. And she has, it's not dawned on her that I'm old. It's not dawned on her that, I, you know, I've, I've got, I'm, I'm going to break the 100 mark. I still got to go six years. She was just excited about her plan. That's probably what kept her going some was she had a plan. She had something to do. She had something on her agenda. Um, and so that dream again. Uh, number three there, stop comparing. When you compare, you just failed. At that moment, the moment you compare, it's over. Game over. You know, cloak, pack your bags and go. When you, there's no, it's not level. It's not, a, it's not accurate. When you compare their strengths and your weaknesses or yours with them, that's, that's all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure. You'll always fail that way. And so don't compare. That's the quickest way to be depressed. Uh, and then develop relationships with growing people. Find people that are going in the right direction and grow with them. Uh, they got a lot of notes here on this. I didn't realize how much I'd written, so let me give it to you quickly here. Uh, focus on the positive instead of the negative. You ever been around somebody just negative? You don't want to be with them. I mean, you just, now when you, they drain you just hearing their name, you know? You know so-and-so, and you, oh, God. You know, and, and, and then there are other people. You know, they're the kind of people that are too kind. They say there's the kind of person when they leave a room, everybody goes, everybody says, Good. And then there are people, when they come in a room, everybody says, great, good to see you. You want to be the one that at least brings it to them. And so there's, there's a big need at that point to understand uh, the right relationships and the right attitude. Uh, number six, learn to laugh and have fun. I, I saw a comedian the other night. I wish I could remember his name. Uh, he, I swear, this guy was the funniest guy. He, he, had, uh, he did Chris Rock and, uh, and several. He did Chris Rock, Denzel. I mean, he did a bunch of voices, and if you weren't in the room and looking at you would swear that was them. He did Dave Chappelle. And this guy's the funniest comedian, and I mean, funny, had their mannerisms and all that stuff. If you listen to people that are funny, no matter how bad your day's been, you'll feel better. 
I used to sometimes stop by and pick up a newspaper just to read the cartoons and the comics sometimes, just because it had been a tough day. So I'd walk out of the hospital over there sometime and grab me a newspaper on the way out. I just stopped in the car. I didn't read nothing else. I didn't care about the headlines. I'd just read a couple of those things and say, okay, put a smile on your face, feed your soul. Uh, the next one along this line, we say in draining relationships, find somebody's draining uh, obviously out. Number eight is really good. Express gratitude to somebody. By the way, you can do that today. Think of somebody today you just want to text, just one person, and text them. And just say, I want to thank you for the difference you've made in my life or what you've done or whatever. You don't know that when you do something like that, for somebody who may be going through something, that may be exactly what they needed. And, and what you do for others, it will be done for us. And so you can do a lot of those things even now. That's the quickest way to get some stuff out of your soul. Uh, spend more time doing things that energize you. That's another. We mentioned exercise your body. Number 11, I'd say big. Say no to some things. Just because there's a need doesn't mean you got to meet it. How many of you are hard, it's hard for you to say no? Let me see your hands for you. Yeah. I know what it is. You don't want to let somebody down. You want to help somebody. But at the same time, if it's hard for you to say no and you keep doing that, there'll come a time that your body will tell you to say no. You just shut down. And so it's, it's not wrong to say no. I had to say no to somebody the other day that somebody said, you're going to hurt their feelings when you say no. And I said, but I got to say no. And so I let them down. Fortunately, they texted me back and said, I totally understand and we're good. But it's okay. If you don't say no, you'll find yourself never being able to get out of the rut. Um, I mentioned that number 12, control your calendar. So that's already there. Number 13, prioritize. Here's the big thing on you. When you got a list, write down everything you got to do, whatever those things are each day, and then decide what's the most important. If, if nothing gets done, what's the most important of this list? And, and eat that big frog first, go up to the big one. Prioritizing me, means that when you do that, there's a peace. If you don't settle some of the priorities of your life and do those, it's kind of like that spinning wheel on your computer. You know how it just didn't, no matter how bad you're trying to do one thing in the mind, your mind is back there. I got to do this. I haven't done that yet. When do I get around that? And little by little, that's like a slow leak. It's draining you without realizing it. Uh, number 14, be intentional about equipping and delegating. Be very intentional about it. Just, just make sure that, that I never do anything without the thought of how do I help somebody else to get there? What can I do for them? And then number 15 is always my favorite. Be on a personal growth plan. Choose, choose to grow. If, if you don't choose to grow, you won't. I went back many years ago to spend some time with some friends that I grew up with. And I love them. I, I thank God for them. They're wonderful people. And, and if I lived with no bigger goals or ambition or anything like that, I'd go back and just hang out with them every day. But I remember when I was with them, the last time I was there, I thought, okay, after about an hour, I said, all right, I, I, need, to, I need to come back next year or something. It, it didn't feed me. And I realized when I was leaving, I said, why is it I love those people? And then something dawned on me. I said, they never grew. They're right where they were before. They're at the same level with the same problems they never solved, with the same complaints, in the same situation. And, and I said, I'm glad at least that the problems I got today are new problems. And the adventure I'm on today is a different one. And, and, I, and I look back and said, it's not that I don't love them, but if I hung out with them, I'd become right back where I was. And, and I don't need that, and you don't either. So the key is keep growing. Well, I hope you enjoyed this BP Leadership lesson. 
To hear more lessons from Bill, make sure you check us out on our website, bpleadership.com, as well as check out the BP Leadership Podcast on all major podcasting platforms. This is where real leaders are made.